I'm all right now. All right now. I'm all right now. All right now. I was riding on the devil's train, but I got off somehow. I'm all right now. All right now. I'm all right now. All right now. Gabriel, let your trumpet blow. I'm all right now. I've been I hate BYU. Or, I used to hate BYU. It's gotten a little bit muddy as of late. I've spent the last nine years covering high school football. There's not a lot of kids at that school, kids, grown men, that I don't know, which has kind of made them easier to root for over time. But make no mistake about it, at one point in time, and maybe still, I hated Brigham Young University. It all goes back to 1996, the same year that Arizona State went on their magical Rose Bowl run. The other school that I have allegiance to, my mom's school, all my uncle's school, University of Wyoming, where I used to get taken to class because there was nowhere for a single mom to store her child I've carried around a University of Wyoming student ID with me my entire life with a three-year-old me in overalls on the front. In 1996, Wyoming was pretty damn good. Not Rose Bowl run good, but maybe as good as they've ever been. That was a 10-win season. Their two losses? You guessed it. BYU. First in the regular season. And then again in the conference championship. 28 to 25 in overtime. And the way it was back then, it was no six games gets you to bowl eligibility. If you were in one of the smaller conferences, you had to win the conference. So Wyoming finished the season 10 and 2. Their only two losses to 14 and 1 BYU. And they did not go to a bowl. And after that, Arizona State loses in the Rose Bowl. And uh, thus was the, the, the heartbreak that has defined my fandom my entire life. So I don't know. I don't know if I hate BYU anymore, but I did at one time. And if we're counting last week's win over UNLV as a 13 years too late revenge game, And I know I am. Let's say that this weekend's for 1996. Let's say that this weekend's for Joe Tiller and the Wyoming Cowboys. Let's beat the Cougs. you feeling after Arizona State's win over UNLV? I feel good. I've talked to a lot of people. I've listened to a lot of other podcasts. I'm starting to feel like people's nerves are getting the better of them. Maybe it had something to do with watching the way that BYU handled Utah 
Maybe it's what's on the horizon, but for the most part, I feel like what people are worried about is the way the Arizona State Sun Devils offense looks right now. Everybody that follows this team knows that this is the year. That if they're going to do something, they have to do it now. If not now, when? It could be another four or five years of reloading. There could be another coaching staff come next year. With the freedom of movement and the amount of people that would follow this staff out the door, who knows what this team would look like for the next three years. If something's going to happen, it's got to happen right now. And a lot of people who follow Arizona State football are looking at that first half performance against UNLV. And they're asking themselves, can they do it? Is this the team? Is Jaden Daniels the guy? Are these receivers enough? Are these coaches enough? I don't think there's anything to be worried about. Maybe you felt scared when the Rebels were up 10-7. Maybe you felt scared when Jaden Daniels was throwing a pick, trying to force a ball to Johnny Wilson in the back of the end zone. Maybe you felt scared when Daniel Nagata was running off the field with his hand wrapped up in a towel. Maybe you're a little bit worried when you saw that Chip Trainum wasn't suiting up. Maybe their quarterback's mobility took your breath away a little bit. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a 37-10 win. We're talking about 155 total yards of offense. We're talking about Chase Lucas upping his draft stock and Darian Butler looking like one of the most dominant linebackers in all of college football. Did you see some of the things that Tyler Johnson was doing coming off the edge? This defensive line is supposed to be one of the weak links on this team? I don't think so. I think Arizona State University is ready to make a run. I think they're ready for the big time. Of course, it's all dependent upon the quarterback, always is. And they have very, very big tests ahead of them in a conference that traditionally cannibalizes itself. I understand what's at stake. I think most Arizona State fans, the ones that would listen to a podcast like this of one person rambling to themselves, I think they understand it too. I was listening to Speak of the Devils this week. I listened to the tone change on Jaden Daniels. It feels like we're finally at that point where maybe we've seen enough. Maybe that game's not going to come where he throws for 400 and runs for 100. Maybe he's a game manager who happens to be very fast. Maybe he's the next iteration of Manny Wilkins. I know that that's a thought process that's going through the minds of a lot of Sun Devils right now. Maybe all your hopes in Elijah Badger and his return or his debut would be more accurate. The wide receiver out of Central California who has done nothing but uh, receive glowing practice reports. Practicing games are certainly two different things. We've seen that from Johnny Wilson. We've seen that from several players. Maybe it's the kicking game that you're worried about. The return of Christians and Dejas only to miss an extra point. 
whatever it is that's got you worried, the game's going to come. The game's going to get played. It's completely out of your hands. You just have to trust that these players and this coaching staff are good enough to get it done. Because I'm right there with you. If not now, when? It's got to be now. There is a sense of urgency. And with all the pressure surrounding this team, they also have to find a way to be loose. As it stands right now, they're 2-0. and They're going to take on a BYU team that is also 2-0. and Happens to be 2-0 and against two Pac-12 teams. Not very encouraging if you're the Pac-12. That uh, team that you, you laughed about bringing into the fold that is now joining the Big 12 currently has the most wins against the Pac-12 this year. They got three games left to go against Pac-12 teams. BYU's a decent-looking team. I didn't think that they made the right choice at quarterback when they went with Jaron Hall. That's because I'm a big Jacob Conover fan. Jaron Hall looks like the guy. He looks legit. He looks a little bit like what the expectation would be for Jaden Daniels if Jaden Daniels ever reached the point where he was five years out of high school and still in college. Jaron Hall's a class of 2016 quarterback. Same class as Dylan Sterling Cole. Devin Modster. Mason Moran. If we're recalling Pac-12 quarterbacks of old. Jared Guarantano. This guy is a 23-year-old sophomore, as is custom in Provo, for people who serve their mission, come to school, red shirt, and their senior year is actually when their freshman eligibility kicks in. Arizona State has had the same thing. They have it with Case Hatch now. It's going to be a very interesting matchup. I watched the Utah-BYU game twice. I watched the Arizona State-UNLV game twice. Upon second watch, nothing really changed for me as far as Arizona State-UNLV. It took a while for the offense to get going. There was a turnover. Health at running back led UNLV to be able to stack the box, inexperience at receiver, and Jaden Daniels deciding that he wanted to run. Um, you know, that was an issue. You don't want Jaden Daniels to have 122 yards rushing. You don't. Can he get it anytime he wants? Probably. Does that wear you down over the course of the game? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're not sliding. Especially if you're trying to get to the first down marker, hitting spin moves, trying to juke, and somebody in pursuit blows you up from the backside, which happened back-to-back. To Jaden Daniels, that's not the stuff that you want to see happen to your quarterback. I think Arizona State has the offensive play calling to get this done against BYU. I think they have the personnel to get this done. They certainly have the running game, and, and that's one of the main takeaways from watching BYU play Utah. Utah was able to run the ball. The problem for Utah is they were playing from behind. 
which means that they were dropping Charlie Brewer, who can move around a little bit, but he's not extremely mobile. They're dropping Charlie Brewer straight back, and that allowed BYU to pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. If Utah had just run the ball on every single down, probably still would have lost the game, but they would have kept it close. Didn't help for them to get down early. Didn't help for them to make a long drive and then come up with nothing on a missed field goal that would have cut the lead to 16-10. to 10. BYU dominated in the red zone. That was probably the most impressive thing about that game was the red zone play calling and red zone execution. You're going to want to keep the Cougars out of the red zone. Jaron Hall is a very good quarterback from 10 yards in. Who knew? Who knew that Aaron Roderick, 20-year offensive assistant at both BYU and Utah, who knew that him taking over the, uh, the offense for Jeff Grimes was just going to lead to more of the same? Jaron Hall is 6'1", 200 pounds, plays much bigger than that, plays much more confident than that. BYU's running backs hit the hole as fast as they possibly can. They accelerate into the defense. If there is space there, they will find it. Arizona State is going to have to be disciplined. If you have somebody keying on the quarterback in this Arizona State defense, they're, they're going to have to continue to key on the quarterback. Trust that the rest of the defense is going to do its job. Don't try to make a play on the running back because their play action is fantastic. BYU has size on the offensive line. They're aggressive and no-nonsense at running back. Their quarterback has uh, confidence and moxie, a decent arm, and can move. He can definitely move better than the UNLV quarterback, who was getting some yards on Arizona State early in the first quarter. So you have to worry about that as well. And they're going to have the fans behind them. This is what you want if you're Arizona State. You want to be tested. This is going to be one of the best offenses, the most well-run, the most mature, the most confident offenses that Arizona State faces all year. And there's going to be a great diversity in the types of offenses that they face. But if you can handle BYU's physicality, if you can handle their innovation, if you can handle their confidence, and you can handle their crowd, then this defense is exactly what we thought it was coming into the season. The best defense in the Pac-12. The best defense in the Pac-12. This is your chance to show that. Merlin and Darian Butler, Tyler Johnson, DJ Davidson, the entire secondary, this is your time to prove it. BYU is going to be able to scheme some of these guys open. Can you bend but not break? If you get into a red zone situation, can you handle the complexity of their offense? Can you get to the quarterback? Because Utah did not do a very good job of that. Conversely, BYU did a very good job of that. Because they're very good at playing with a lead. And they're talented. 
This is a very talented BYU team. I'm not going to get too into the nitty-gritty of the personnel of what ASU is going to be facing in BYU. And I'm not going to go too deep into what we saw against UNLV because that's a bad team. And Arizona State did exactly what they were supposed to. I'll run through a few of the things that I liked and a few of the people that I thought stood out. But I'm not going to take you too into the weeds of a game that everybody knows the result of. Jaden Daniels looked okay. Jaden Daniels did the thing that you need for him to do when the offense is stagnating. Pick up first downs with your legs. You don't want to see too much of it, but he got it done. I will say that I left that game surprised that he did not do better. He finished very strong, in my opinion. But I am surprised he didn't do better. He is in his third year. These are the players. The UNLV-level talent are the players that he put up gaudy numbers against in high school. We have reached the point where he is the same age as his peers. And when you're playing against a group of five team, playing against a lot of the players that you used to build your highlight tapes off of. This game didn't look like a highlight tape. So we're left answering, asking, rather, the question that Joe Healy asked on Speak of the Devils. Is he that guy? It's only one way to prove it. It's not going to look pretty every single time. You've got to win some of these big games, and thank goodness for Arizona State, they've also got a mature offensive line, not a lot of depth, but a mature offensive line that can create a little bit of space for some very talented running backs. Rashad White is in a position this Saturday against BYU to wake up the country, not just the Pac-12. I think enough people, we've seen six games of Rashad White now, I think enough people know he's for real. If you took Jarek Broussard last year seriously for Colorado, you're taking Rashad White seriously. This is his opportunity, two ranked teams, on the road, on television. This is his opportunity to show people who he is. The game rests on Rashad White's shoulders. I'd love to be able to say the game rests on Jaden Daniels' shoulders. When has he shown that? Washington State, freshman year? Has he shown it more than once? That's the question. Has he shown it more than once? I don't know off the top of my head. For the most part, he has made plays when they need to be made. He has helped move the offense down the field. He has not shown himself to be, in my opinion, quite yet, that next-level passer, that three-and-done passer. And when he's on the field, you notice that he's one of the more lean players out there. And when he's the quarterback of a ranked team, you notice when he's not putting up 300-yard games. You notice when he's not throwing receivers open. 
You notice when he takes off running before getting through all his progressions, you notice those things. And sooner or later, you stop being what you could be and you start being what you have been. And that's the place we're at with Jaden Daniels. He played more games than Mitch Trubisky ever did. We've seen Keaton Slovis's arm talent. We've seen the things he struggles with. We've had enough time to judge Keaton Slovis. But we haven't had enough time to judge Jaden Daniels. We've had enough time to judge Sam Howell. But we haven't had enough time to judge Jaden Daniels. At some point, you stop being what you could be and you start being what you have been. This is going to be a very big game for Jaden Daniels, but it's safe to say this game is not on him. He's not going to lose it for you. He's not going to make too many mistakes. I worry when this offense tries to find a way to make the Johnny Wilson thing happen, even on that touchdown pass that was fit through a window that could have been picked off right at the line of scrimmage. Had the defender not gone with their receiver in time, that might be six the other way. I do worry a little bit about the personnel that they have out there. It seems to be at this point in time, Ricky Pearsall is the most dependable receiver. If BYU was soft anywhere against Utah, it was over the middle to the tight end. Does Arizona State have the personnel to be able to exploit that? Do they have it in the playbook to be able to exploit that? We're going to find out. Herm Edwards says the defense and the run game travel well. And that's what he's going to have to rely on. They're going to have to go to Provo. They're going to have to make sure they don't get down early. And they're going to have to impose their will on the Cougars on the road. In the mountains. The more this week has gone on, the more I've talked myself into the idea that this game could be a lot closer than people might be comfortable with. I liked ASU to have a 7-10 to 10 point win. It doesn't help that I rewatched the, the Utah-BYU game right before I started recording. Because, let's be honest, the same University of Arizona team that got absolutely boat raced by San Diego State. Message to Pac-12 teams, stop scheduling San Diego State. It'd be nice to be able to laugh at University of Arizona, but ASU doesn't really have a place to uh, <laughs> go with this. Back-to-back -back losses to San Diego State. I believe today is actually the anniversary of, of uh, Frank Darby being interfered with and then targeted before dropping that ball right at the goal line on the road against San Diego State. I believe that was three years ago today. Maybe two years ago. No, Manny Wilkins was there because he called their defensive backs trash after the game. I remember that. That was definitely three years ago. What a game. Stop scheduling San Diego State. Anyway, back to my point. The same University of Arizona that got embarrassed at home by San Diego State had every opportunity to beat BYU. They were able to throw the ball. 
But that game never really got out of hand. BYU is a good team. They're not invincible. They're not superheroes. They might be a couple years older than you on average at a few different positions on the field, but they're just flesh and blood. It's just competition. It's got to be about you. It's got to be about Antonio Pierce getting that defense to go out there and impose their will. This defense has great leadership in the defensive backfield. they got great leadership within the linebacking core. And the defensive line continues to prove that they are ready to elevate their games. I didn't know if Tyler Johnson would work as a hand-in-the-dirt edge rusher. I didn't know. He's never had a full offseason where he's been fully dedicated to the strength and, and, and conditioning program. He's been banged up every single offseason for four years. Yet he still goes out there when natural talent just embarrasses people. If your quarterback's drop is half a step too far back to where your, off, your offensive tackle's out of position, your quarterback is going to be picking turf out of their face mask, courtesy of Tyler Johnson. When Arizona State decides to blitz, it's disguised well. It's aggressive. It's not always off the edge. A lot of the time, it's up the middle. I don't know if you can get away with that against a quarterback like Jaron Hall, who likes to get to the edge, use his legs. Arizona State's cornerbacks, safeties, they got to be ready to make some plays in this game. I still like Arizona State to win. 27-20, Let's hope it doesn't come down to a field goal. Kicking game's not too great right now, but I like Arizona State to win by a touchdown, especially if they are aggressive, they're on top of things, and they are disciplined early on. They have to eliminate the penalties from week one. They seem to have gotten out of their, that out of their system based on how they played against UNLV. No early turnovers, no cute stuff, no 50-50 balls to your 6-7 wide receiver. You get down inside the red zone, you impose your will. Those end-arounds are fun. Save them for Washington State, save them for Oregon State. Smash-mouth football, impose your will. On the road, in Provo, take the crowd out of the game, choke this team out. It can be done. As it stands right now, two games in, which is half as much of a season as Arizona State played last year, you have to be feeling pretty damn good about Darian Butler and what he brings to the table. you got to feel really good about these cornerbacks. Tyler Johnson's just going to get stronger as the season goes on. The tight ends seem to be part of the offense. Are they ready to contribute in a meaningful way? We will find out. The receivers, though not always dependable, are doing more than their fair share of blocking. Ricky Pearsall and Johnny Wilson are excellent when it comes to that. Andre Johnson has played his way onto the field. He's getting about half the snaps they have out there. Not bad for an unheralded recruit from Tolleson, Arizona with no other offers. 
I think Dixie State. Dixie State and Arizona State. Ricky Pearsall, Arizona State. Only Power 5 offer. So I guess what you would hope is the four-star guys, your Elijah Badgers, your Johnny Wilsons, your L.V. Bunkley Sheltons, would play to their potential in Zach Hill's offense. Now would be a good time to do it on the road against a ranked opponent in Provo. Put Utah on notice, who just lost to BYU. Put University of Arizona on notice. Put the Trojans on notice, who just ditched their head coach. Let everybody know that you are the class of not only the Pac-12 South, but the Pac-12. I think they can do it. I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be one of the tougher games of the season. But I'm calling it. Seven-point win. If you're trying to get rich off my predictions, don't. (laughs) Donate money to charity instead or something. I don't have a good feeling about uh, this line in general. Something about being on the road. But for my own sake, everything laid out on the table, I think Arizona State can get this done. Can they get this done in the second half? Can they get it done in comeback fashion? I don't think so. I don't have as much confidence there. They need to go out and they need to have a big first half. The way that Oregon did against Ohio State. Impose your will early. Run the ball early and often. Go between the guard and the tackle. Attack the sideline. Rotate backs in and out. Use play action. Did you? I don't know if any of you saw, because I don't know how many of you have Pac-12 network, but if you saw the way that San Diego State used their tight ends against University of Arizona, those play action rollouts where they're just dumping it off to the tight end after they've got everybody bought into the fact that, you know, Gary Hall is going to try to take the ball between guard and tackle. Oh, my goodness. If you can put yourself in a position to do something like that against BYU, eat up a whole bunch of yards on simple little rollout dump-off plays, yards after the catch, that would be fantastic. Because I don't know if you're going over the top on this defense. I don't know if they're going to give you the time. I don't know if you want to have to. I think Herm Edwards' style of play was built for this game right here. I think the justification of bringing Herm Edwards to town, the same thing that helped beat Michigan State in back-to-back years, the same thing that helped take down national championship-bound Oregon in 2019, is the same thing that will help you in Provo. A lot of the same players on the team that beat Michigan State, you didn't need Jaden Daniels to be a hero then. You just needed to make sure that you didn't give the other team any more opportunities than they already had. And yes, if you lose, all your conference goals are still in front of you. But if you win, all your conference goals are still in front of you and you won the game. And you can get on the phone with some of these recruits who don't know what's happening with USC 
who aren't impressed with the University of Arizona. Maybe some of the kids that are considering BYU instead of you and don't laugh because it happens. Look out for Gunnar Romney and, and, and Jacob Conover, Chaz Ayu. Quite a few players on this BYU team had the opportunity to go to Tempe and didn't. Maybe you could start getting on the phone with some of these kids, some of these 2022 kids, and say, hey, we got room. There's room on the train. Plenty. We only have five commits for the 2022 class, far below anybody else in the Pac-12. Jump on. We're 3-0. and Then we're taking the conference next. That's what's on the table. Why worry about what you can salvage when you don't have to salvage anything yet? So let's beat BYU this weekend. Let's do it for 1996 and the Wyoming Cowboys. This has been the Devil Train Podcast. I'm Ralph Ames, and I appreciate you for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, AALL.net Insurance and People's Mortgage. For more content from ArizonaVarsity.com, head over to the website. The people who subscribe to our forums to follow Prep Sports, you are incredible, and we owe you everything. Thank you for helping us continue to bring great content to our listeners and for the people that follow me for ASU content. Why? It's a terrible idea. There's so many other better options, but I appreciate you. Make sure that you're reaching out throughout the game. I'll be watching it right along with you from my home in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the game will end at like two in the morning and hopefully I won't be grumpy after. That's all I got. Thanks for riding the devil train. The devil's train is long and black. It's beautiful to see. It offers you temptation, but it gives you misery. Oh, Lord, please stop that devil's train before it is too late. And teach them how to bow their heads before they seal their pain.